Hello and welcome to the Shagilala Salami Show. Hi everyone, how did that sound? Well, I was trying to be a bit formal today. You know, I don't have a proper intro. Um, okay, my little girl, she wants to come and say hello. Come darling, say hello everybody. Hello everybody. How are you today? How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine, thank you. Have fun today. Have fun today. Good girl, say bye now. Bye. Okay, right, so that's my little girl. You know, she's getting to see, I've been prepping her to know how to be a journalist or an on-air personality. And I think she's slowly getting the hang of it. Um, so who knows, in a few weeks' time now, she'll be the one hosting the show and asking you interviews. Uh, but really, who have I got here with me today? Hello. Hi. 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 We're still talking about your little, your little one. Hi, I'm Olubumi Ajaila Yode. I'm the founder of two NGOs, one active and one not so active. The not so active one is that it's called the um, Ajai Cancer Foundation. We hope to um, help indigenous breast cancer patients to raise money for their medical bills. And the more active one is called Greenland's Assistance Haven Foundation. It's um, set up to help domestic violence victims with things that they will need to live violent situation and live a normal life. So we have a campaign called hashtag live to live. Mm. Oh, nice, nice. Um, whereabouts are you based? I'm based in, um, I'm an Essex girl. I'm based in England. Oh, cool. We're about in Essex because I've got like extended family there in Chelmsford. Tilbury. Okay, cool. Where um, are you? I'm in London. I'm in Southwest London. Okay, what part of Southwest? Brixton. Ah, right. I should come and visit you. And beer, that would be nice. <laughs> I have one favorite Jamaican restaurant somewhere there. I can't remember Auntie. where. One of those small. Um, Side streets. Really um, Auntie. Like Auntie, my little girl is calling you. Hello, darling. Auntie. No ice cream, Auntie. Cupcake. <laughs> what? Please go and buy her the ice cream. Oh, she really, really wants this ice cream. <laughs> it's winter. Who gets ice cream in winter? <laughs> you will now. Unfortunately, it's, no, no, no. no okay. You can still go to um, Tesco Metro and small shops like that. They open 24 hours, don't they? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, she's changed. She doesn't want the ice cream, so she's saying no more ice cream, cupcake. Well, she knows there's cupcake in the fridge, that's why. So she's playing the, the field. Mm -hmm. Anywho, right. So, virtual cafe, well, I think we've just. We've determined that you know we've got cupcake. Uh, my my virtual cafe is a very futuristic one. I would like to think it's a very Star Trek type kitchen. Um, any kind of food, snack, whatever you want, we can find um, it in my kitchen. So what would you like? Something um something Star Trek here. Mm. Let me see. Elixir of life. May I have some elixir? You want what? Some elixir now. So you said it's futuristic now. Yeah, so um, what kind of elixir would you like? Elixir of um, vitality. Okay. 
vitality okay well yeah. i'm sure i'll go and i'll go and tell the 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 buttons yeah and it will bring it will bring one <laughs> okay but what would you like with your vitality elixir um let me see um let me see solid oxygen ah uh -uh, kilo day it's futuristic now hey boy we're talking about food that you eat now <laughs> And now oxygen is good for you, you now. So come for me, the solid oxygen to my hand. <laughs> solid oxygen. Okay. Well, okay. I'll go and see if my futuristic kitchen can manage solid oxygen. Because I know, was it which country is it that they sell oxygen? Um, or is it fresh air? Was it in China? Or somewhere, but it was this country. I saw this program where they sell fresh air. So you know what? I'm asking you to lie down in, it, in an oxygen chamber now. Sorry? Michael Jackson? Yeah. You should lie down in an oxygen chamber. Thank you. Okay. Did oh. you know? Well, we will get into the oxygen then. Vitality elixir. Oh, equally. Right. Well, whilst, whilst the machine is um, it's going to take a little bit longer, you should drink. We should get you a drink of water as well. Oh, with the water. Okay. Mm. You okay now? <coughs> <coughs> Let me guess, you are eating something and talking at the same time. Um. Okay, let's go on. Okay, fabulous. Um, right, so you were saying um, about your um, NGOs. Whereabouts are they based? They're based in Nigeria. Okay, both of I them. I have a few shelters in Nigeria. Okay. Okay, so how do you, how do you, it's quite interesting because I don't know anyone who owns um, an NGO in Nigeria. How did you get started? Um, I, used to be, I used to be a domestic violence victim. Okay. But I'm um, here in England. And then... Um, I just got tired when another domestic violence victim was killed in Nigeria. People, you know how people say it is well, it is well in Nigeria. Yes. Even when it is not well. Yes. So I just got tired of it is well, it is well central. And I said, no, actually it is not well. Let's do something. One of the reasons why women stay on is because they have nowhere to go. Their families won't take them back. Let's set up shelters. So within that first week, I... I, you know, my I did a campaign on my Facebook wall and raised about one million naira. Wow! Mm. So I one million naira, I think it gets depending on the um, the exchange rate is possibly what like four thousand pounds, give or take. Yeah, about four thousand pounds. <clears throat> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> and that yeah, was just from Facebook campaigning. Sorry. So I said I have fantastic Facebook friends. Hmm. So my friends, we raised that money. So how long did it take you to raise the money again? One, one week. Whoa! <laughs> so That's... we got the first, um, hmm. first shelter at Aja. Aja. Okay. okay. The landlady gave us one, one year rent free and one, to pay one year rent. Yeah. And then after that, we got another shelter in Abuja and put her cut. Okay. And the bad dog. And Iju. Yeah. 
there. We got two more that we are not using in Elorian worry because the the land the land they didn't give us free for two years. But the amount of money needed to use it to be habitable is a lot. Yeah. So for now we are not using them. Okay, but then the ones that are being used, do you have people in them at the moment? Yeah. Actually, the true one is not being used as well because that one also needs a lot of money to make it habitable. But the other ones, yeah, we have people there. Okay, that sounds that sounds really really amazing. Um, and you know what? To be honest, I have to give you a massive kudos to be able to raise you know one million naira or you know over over four thousand uh, pounds in in one week. I mean, how do you know these people? Are they just people who you've come across you know just from your work? In? Yeah, that's my Facebook friends. That's all. I don't know them personally. It's just okay. I did the profile. That I did the campaign. Okay, you know what? I actually truly, truly um curious now because you will find a lot of people they want to do stuff, they want to promote their businesses, and they don't really get a lot of traction. How did you manage to do this? How did you find this amazing people who were able to help you raise over four thousand pounds in one week? How did you do it? You see, before that day, before that time, I've been involved in other fundraisers for other people. Okay. Anytime money was needed, I've always chipped in my own little bit, yeah. my own token. So they believed in my dream. That's yeah. it. They believed. It wasn't like I just came from nowhere and said, give me your money, and they handed it over. They'd seen how I've been on Facebook, that I generally help out. So they believed in me. Okay, so let me, because I know, you know, from private conversations that you have a blog. So these people, were they just people who were following your blog and, you know, you were just helping out other people? How did you get, you know, these followers? Because if you, if you open a Facebook account today, right, a brand new one, you would have zero friends, zero followers, if it's a page or if it's a group. You know, you usually start off with zero. So how did you then get these people, you know, that you were helping out and then, you know, when you needed help for your NGO, they were then able to assist you. How did you get them? I'm 10 years old now. Sorry? My Facebook page is, my Facebook profile is about 10 years old now. Wow. I opened this in 2007. Okay. So it's not an overnight success, can you? Well, the success is in quotes, but. <laughs> it's taken you 10 years to get there. Yeah, and I didn't set out to do this. I didn't set out to be like this. It's just from years of interaction with people. So they okay. believe in me. Sure, you understand. It's not like I, I opened Facebook 10 years ago thinking, okay, in 10 years' time, I'm going to ask for money. No, I didn't want to open Facebook. I remember how I, I remember when I opened it, I was pretty much angry with myself because mm -hmm. I was determined not to join the Facebook revolution. Yeah. Then my chair, um, Nilufa, very lovely Turkish lady, she, she left and then she sent me an email. So I opened the email. And then I clicked on something, and the thing was asking me for my my name and my date of birth and my password. I didn't know that I was opening a Facebook account. Yeah. So that was ten years ago, and obviously, like you said, I started with zero friends, and then I started adding my friends who were on Facebook, and then friends of friends and stuff like that. Mm. And when you're when people make posts and you see people that have similar mindsets with yours you know you add each other so that's how it's grown but if you're in groups 
and you see other members of the group that you get on with, you know, you add each other. So, most of the groups that I've been, I've always been the kind of person that is always at the forefront of helping. You understand? Yes, Hello. yes, no, no, I'm still here. No, that sounds, that sounds truly um, amazing because I think, you know, it then goes on because consistently, you know, I've been hearing or reading or, you know, well, mostly hearing, you know, that is it. It takes about 10 years of hard work, right, of mm. being here, of helping, you know, to me, of making yourself relevant to quote-unquote get overnight success. So people only ever see the overnight success without mm. realizing that actually it's taken several, you know, man hours, you know, to get there. I didn't even know that, but I believe that. I once went for, I once went for a conference on branding and they said something that made a lot of sense to me. They said, if you're selling something, people are not really buying that thing. They are buying you. Yes. And they are buying you. Not They're taking a chance in you. Yes. Not, so if you might be selling the most brilliant package, but if they, if they don't believe you as a person, they don't like you as a person, the odds are that they are not going to buy into that brilliant package that you are trying to sell to them. So I want to believe that people have seen me over the years. Not that I want to believe it's true. You know, the way, I, I, the way my interaction with people on Facebook mm. over the years have led people to believe that they trust me and they trust my vision. What's your vision? My vision is to show domestic violence victims that there is life after living that there's nothing to fear but fear itself, to put that American president. You yeah. know, a lot of things make domestic violence victims stay there. I was once, I was once, you know, like that. Fear of the unknown. You think, oh, if I leave this person, who's going to love me? So you understand? Okay. I want to, because I'm now happily married. I want my life to be an example. I don't want people to just, you see, when I thought, what, I think you, you can't give what you don't have. Mm. If you are if you are motivating people, but you don't have that experience, your robot say "Enkoba my dash of phone somewhere now." You know, I don't know if you understand. Let me try and loosely translate it. If someone yes. comes to you and says, "Oh, what you're wearing is not nice. It's too wretched." You know, you look at what that person is wearing as, as well. Exactly. Says, let me. Hey, so if your son says, "You know, what you're wearing is wretched. Let me get you something wow. nice." Yes. But the person itself is wearing something wretched. <laughs> How are they going to get, you know, but if someone says to you, your clothes look wretched, let me get you something affluent looking. And the person is, is, is dressed in an affluent way as well. You believe that they can perform. You understand? Yeah. So yeah. haven't been, you know, I can't come and, if I've always been happily married, what experience do I have to draw on to tell people in domestic violence that they can leave? and meet somebody else who will treat them right. I don't have that experience now. Yes. You know, coming from my, the background of having left a domestic, you know, a violent situation and finding love and joy again, I'm a practical example to these women. So you understand that if they, ha if they, if they pick themselves up and draw into that strength that they don't know that they have and move on, they can, have a good life again so that is my message That's no that my... sounds well see as you were talking right two things um came to mind 
Um, and I think, you know, this one is stuff that, um, you know, a lot of women or a lot of people would be asking, you know, they will be asking themselves, how did you find the inspiration or the motivation to get yourself out of a bad situation, right? That's number one question. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, people from what I've seen written, you know, they would say things like, you know, he loves me and that's why he's trying to correct me with his fist, you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, he really loves me and I shouldn't have been this, you know, they sort of try to find, you know, justify the other person. So how did you, how did you get out of that situation? That's question one. Then, sorry? I was pregnant with my child and I knew that another life depended on me. And that I couldn't bring that life, you know, into this mess that I, that my life was. I needed to get my acts together. But even with that realization, I still didn't do anything about it. I would still think, oh, what if I don't meet another person? Uh, what if the, 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 you know, I would say to myself, the angel you know is better than the, you know, the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. You know, those, those things that are just like, hello? I'm here, I'm listening. Okay. Those lies from the pits of hell, sure you understand that the devil tells you to tie you down. <laughs> lies from the pit of hell. <laughs> yeah, lies from the pits of hell now. So I'll tell myself that, ah, what if, you know, I don't meet another person, um, the, you know, the, the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. How does that even make sense that devil can be better than angel? <laughs> so I'll be, I'll I know be, what you mean. I'll be telling myself that nonsense. And it never occurred to me to think, what if the next person is better than this, you know? It never occurred to me to say, actually, I don't, I don't need a man. I can, I'm enough for myself. Do you understand? If a, man, if a good man comes along, fine. If a good man doesn't come along, you know, I'm enough for myself. That never occurred to me. So, um, so many things happened. And then my sister came. She was terminally ill with cancer. She came from Nigeria and then she saw the, the, the mess that I was in and then she gave me this speech. It's, it's, it's a long story. So basically, you know, I had to then draw from my inner strength that I did not know that I had. It wasn't easy, but it's, it, it was very doable. You know, my, my father had always... Um, made me believe that I could do anything I set my mind on doing. He always used to treat me like I was um, a strong person. And he always encouraged me to be strong. So I, I, he, he encouraged me to always enjoy, you know, always want my own company and not matonowore, not going up and down looking for friendship. That, so, that, yeah. Your dad sounds like a truly wise man. He was, yes. My, my dad was a feminist. My dad was a feminist. He's dead really? Now. That, that, that sounds my, amazing. My mom, had, my mom had seven girls, no boys. The first one died in infancy. I, I actually meant to be the second one. But, but because the first one died in infancy, I was born to be the eldest child. So my dad never... I remember and my mom died young, you know, and um, I remember when I was about, in my, maybe I was about 33 or so, and one of my friends said to me, the love between you and your dad is too much. Oh, that's why you are not married. Your dad sees you as his, as his wife. <laughs> that, <laughs> my little girl is laughing at that friend. 
very stupid talk. Go and beg your dad to release you so that you get married. For me to stupid me. Because <laughs> so I was with my dad. I said, Dad, how come you are not even bothered that I'm not I'm not married? My dad, whenever he we spoke, he would pray, he would pray for us, his daughters, to have good jobs, good careers, be financially fulfilled, be fulfilled in our careers, you know, and then he would pray for happy marriages. But he did, he placed more importance on us being financially independent than he did on us being married. So after a while, I used to think, I mean, this man doesn't want me to be married. Do you understand? But now, I understand now. It's actually very, very, very important for a person, anybody, to be an asset to the other person in the, in the marriage. And lots of women don't think that. They think that, you know, marriage is the be all and end all. And then they don't have anything to offer the person. And it's really sad. Because when the person starts maltreating them, because they didn't bring anything to offer now, they are not an asset to the person. How are they going to reject the maltreatment when they are totally dependent on that person? I can, I those can, are the things that my father taught me, that I'm strong and I'm enough for myself. It kind of reminds me of that, um, Ange uh, what's it called? Maya Angelou. Um, Poem. I can never remember it fully. Phenomenal woman. Phenomenal yes, woman. woman. Yes. You know, you're what you're great uh, beyond measure. I can never remember it fully. But yeah, it's, a long, it's a long point. I'm a woman, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> woman. That's who I am. Phenomenal. <laughs> oh, oh God, I can't say phenomenal. Phenomenally so. Yeah. That's it. But, you know, the funny thing is, you know, uh, you know, as a mom myself, you know, with a little girl, I try to do things that I hope, you know, as my daughter um, gets older, that would inspire her to know that you know, she is brave, she is courageous, she is capable of achieving absolutely anything she sets her mind to. Yes. And her only limitation is her imagination. Yes. Um, you know, and so just listening to you, you know, it's, it's just, and you've got, you know, truly inspiring that, um, you know, so that, that's, you know, truly amazing. Um, so, okay. Now then the question that I, I'm quite interested in, and I know, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, are quite interested. Um, how long did it take from you leaving a really, really bad situation to finding love again? I would say about four years okay okay about four years I don't how did know. you know he was the one no i don't know he was i didn't i didn't know he was the one i just knew that i loved being with him i you know i was i i he, he's intelligent he makes me laugh he makes me happy He's good looking. He ticks the boxes. I had a list of things. I had somewhere that if you're single, I can't remember, maybe it was Pastor Agua, I don't know, somewhere, Sha, that you should have a list of the things that you will not compromise on, you know, that you want in your partner. Kind of like when you're praying, the things that you present to God. Do you understand? And yes. that yes. if you meet yes. somebody, you should then go back to that list and check and check what they check against. Obviously, you can't have 100%. Nobody's perfect. Yes. But if you have somebody that checks in about 70%, you know, that person is a keeper. Yeah. So, yeah, I checked now. 
and he checked into about I think eighty percent. Nice. <laughs> nice. See, I followed your blog, right? And so this is lawyer man, right? Yeah, lawyer man. <laughs> okay, seriously, right? If you're listening to this, you need to go on, you know, um, Oliver Mee's blog. It's called Chupa's Daughter, right? And you know, you, you need to also follow her because seriously, she goes right there. Was this person of hers that I was reading on Facebook, right? I mean, that's how we connected, right? And how she goes, right? Lawyer man, her, her, her Mr. Right. He's so unromantic. She was like, oh, I went to do something for him and he just did something. I was, I was just really kissing myself up and laughing. You know, I sent him a text I sent him a text message and I said, oh, I love you, my darling. He said, what have I done now to deserve this? He is so unromantic, honestly, my husband. I don't know what happened to him. I think all day is catching up with him. He used to be <laughs> romantic before. He was one that used to do, all, you know, he was, I was the one that was the beat, you know, today. But now, hmm, the tables have turned. I told him yesterday, I said, that's why they say woman should marry a man that loves her more than she loves me. I was just joking. You yeah. know, you bastard that thing, that a woman should marry a man. Yes. that loves her more than she loves him because it's believed that men are fickle and yes. they love you. So I was, I was teasing him yesterday. I said, ah, now wow. So yeah, my unromantic husband. Okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to, um, you know, because your family does sound, you know, truly um, amazing. But something that, you know, the, the, the cafe wouldn't be complete without me knowing is books. Tell me all the books that you read, you know, that you found, you know, quite inspiring. At the moment, I have a few um, indie books by my friends. So I'm reading, I don't, I, I, I've read one called Wedding Anniversary, it's a play by my friend called Islamia Sadiq. I've read 100 Things I Wish My Mom Had Told Me, which is really, really interesting, by Margaret Obubango, as the name implies, things that she wishes her mother had told her. And what I'm reading now is You Only Live Twice, this lady, she was actually um, pronounced dead on this on you know in theater and then just as they were confirming the death you felt a pulse wow the ones i'm reading now they are indie books but um i i if i'm not reading this this i have i don't even read as i used to do social media has made me such a lazy reader now and it's really bad I used to be a voracious reader before, and I tend to read um, books by African and Asian authors. I'm tired of Western authors because it's the same thing that I see on TV, it's the same thing that I'm seeing around me that they talk about. So I like to let my imagination, imagination you know, run to places that I'm not physically present in. So I tend to go for African and Asian authors especially Indian authors. I love it. I love that culture, Indian culture. So books by Indian um, authors particularly interest me. That, that, that sounds, that sounds um, amazing. I don't think I've ever read any Indian books. I know that when I was younger, I've read, uh, I've read, I've watched Indian movies. Um, they kind of like shaped my, my childhood. Um. <laughs> and the funny thing is I hated Indian movies growing up. I thought they were local. I really respected them. All that singing and prancing around. <laughs> I thought they were local and silly. Ah oh, no, no, I, I did, I did watch a few. I did watch a few of them um, alongside, you know, James Bond uh, movies as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah. 
Well, it's been truly, truly amazing, you know, having you um, on the show and, you know, just sort of sharing your, your journey with us. Um, how do people connect with you on Facebook? Um, Olu Bumi. Olu, O-L-U. And then Bumi, P-U-N-M-I. Okay. I haven't blogged in a while. I'm just so lazy. You know, Facebook is just so instantaneous. You just go to your, you know, but with blogging, it needs a bit more effort. You have to look for picture that goes with it and all that yeah but i hope to start um i hope to, to start blocking again but i've still got materials there for anyone who's just um discovering my blog it's yeah. joker's daughter and also how did you come about the name joker's daughter my dad is joker my dad was joker joseph Olusha so okay. he was called them um, joker so I'm because and when I was going to start blogging, I said to Toby, my son, I said, "What name do you think I should?" You know, I've been thinking of all sorts of names, you know. And he said, "Everybody knows you're very close to your dad, and your dad is Jopa. You are Jopa's daughter." <laughs> true, true. And that was it. Oh, fabulous! It's been it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you on the show in my virtual cafe, and I hope you will come again sometime soon. I'd love to. Thank you if you have me again. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's not every time I get someone who switches to pigeon English right in the middle of a show, so it was quite it was quite interesting. <laughs> and even Yoruba. And the seriously, right, you brought out the Yoruba I mean, normally I always tend to speak proper English, right? And so <laughs> I mean the, the other time I had Big Val, you know, this Yoruba actor, right? And then I mm. saw myself switching to, you know, sort of like a bit of Nigerian English and a bit mm. of pigeon English in between. And I'm like, okay, mm. I couldn't even help it. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't even speak um, posh English if my life depended on it. I, I, I've, been, I've been here about 20 years. I still haven't picked up the British accent. I still speak with a very concentrated Nigerian accent. I'm, no, I, you don't. No, you don't. Ah, you. Mm. Um, don't carry me. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you I, don't. I can't pick up accents. Sorry? I, I can't pick up accents. If I call Toby now, Toby doesn't like doing things I'm doing. Toby, Toby has the funniest accent. If I tell him to come and speak with an Indian accent, he will be rolling on the floor. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or a Glaswegian accent, he will be rolling on the floor. Oh, so I, I can't pick up accents. No, I can't either. Um, but no, it's been it's been a pleasure. Um, the little human, she's been really good. So now I have to go and keep my part of the bargain and give her half of the. Yeah. Half of that the was coffee. my cupcake I was supposed to have, but now I've got to go and no. you know divide it into two. <laughs> okay. All right, little human, are you gonna say bye everyone? Bye, Come on, bye. get on. Say bye everyone. Have fun with your cupcake. Okay, say bye now. See you later. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. 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 bye.